This evening's scripture is taken from Psalms 3, verses 1 and 2. Psalms 3, 1 and 2. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Good evening and welcome again to our worship service. We are grateful for your presence. We are very thankful for the opportunity to be together tonight to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're going to be looking at Psalm 3 in just a moment. We do want to take this opportunity to express appreciation to those of you who may be visiting with us. We have a number of our own folks, I think, away tonight, but we're glad that you have chosen to be here. I see that Brother and Sister Ken Joins are with us tonight, and we want to welcome them. Uh, Brother Ken has been very encouraging and supportive of me, and I appreciate his kindness and his help to me, and I appreciate so much the very kind spirit that he demonstrates. Brother Ken and his family used to work with the local church in the Chattanooga area, the Hickson Congregation, and interestingly, my grandmother's sister and her husband were members there, and so I think about uh, my family and those fond memories, and I know that I know that Brother, Kent spent, Brother Ken spent uh, several years in the Chattanooga area and uh, had a lot of influence in that community for uh, a great while. In our study tonight, we're going to be looking at Psalm 3. And I want us to think for a few moments about this psalm that has been recorded for our encouragement. And I want to underscore tonight the theme, God will stand by you. I think about occasions in life when circumstances may prevail against us and maybe we feel as if somebody has literally hung us out to dry. There are times in life when individuals will sometimes feel as if they have been thrown under the bus. Or maybe they've been kicked to the curb. Well, I want to suggest to you tonight that that's not the way God acts towards his people. God will always stand by his people. And in Psalm 3, I believe that we have a picture of Almighty God standing by his servant, David. And so I want us to look at the third psalm. And I want us to consider very carefully this theme, God will stand by you. And there's some reasons why I believe that God will stand by us collectively, why he stands by us individually. And I believe that we can see that by looking at the life of David. The first thing that I call your attention to is the fact that the Lord was David's shield. Now, there are many people that would suggest that the backdrop to Psalm 3 has to do with David fleeing from his own son, Absalom. And you may well remember that in 2 Samuel chapter 15 at verse 6, it was said of Absalom that he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And he literally led a confederacy against his own father, David. 
the great king. And so the first thing that comes to mind as I look at this psalm has to do with his adversaries. Note what is said in verse 1, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Now, if this psalm has to do with David fleeing from Absalom, to me it makes this psalm even more special. It's something for somebody, an acquaintance, to literally turn against us, to become a trouble, a thorn in our side, if you please. But to think about a child, somebody of whom Moses said in the long ago is bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. Well, Absalom turned against his own father David and ultimately led a revolt. And so we talk about the adversaries of David. But then if you would note the antagonist. In verse 2, the Bible says, or David said, many are those who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Now it may have been the case that David, having fled the city of Jerusalem, that there were some that were looking at the king having left the city, that they viewed this as God turning his back on the king. In other words, maybe they had the idea that God was no longer protecting David. And there are times in life when people, because of adverse circumstances, will sometimes question, where was God when I faced this particular calamity in life? I think about Brother Tom Holland many years ago talking about a family that had lost a child. And no doubt that was very devastating to this particular family. And they wanted to know, where was God when my child died? And Brother Holland said his response was, the same place he was when his son died, in heaven. And so there are individuals that will sometimes come to false conclusions about maybe what they see visibly with the eyes. But then the third thing that I want you to see is his advantage. We've noted his adversaries and his antagonist, but note, if you would, David's advantage. In verse 3, David said, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. Now, as you and I think about the fact that David was literally on the run, and maybe there were some who were questioning, where's God in all of this? David points out that he did have an advantage. And that advantage was God was on his side. Sometimes we talk about how one plus God is a majority. But I've been thinking about that statement recently. And it's my conclusion that one plus God is always a majority. Paul said in the long ago, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now note if you would again in verse 3. First of all, David speaks of the Lord being his shield. Now we think about a shield in ancient times being used to defend oneself against an enemy. And literally, David 
is being shielded by the Lord. As a matter of fact, the footnote in verse 3 concerning this word shield denotes one who is around. The Lord is around him. He's protecting him. The psalmist over in Psalm 125 talks about the mountains that surround the city of Jerusalem. And he said, just as the mountains surround the city of Jerusalem, even so the Lord surrounds his people. And so God is a shield for his people. He is a defender of his people. But then also note, if you would, not only was God a shield for David, but he was supportive of David. He goes on to say, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. How many times have you seen individuals face difficulties in life, the trials, the tribulations, the, uh, the disturbing circumstances that come our way from time to time? You'll see individuals literally being put through the meal and their head will drop. The weight of the world is on their shoulders. And I think what David is saying here is that because of God, because of the support that God was providing him, he could hold his head up high. His shoulders were no longer bowed down by the weight of the adversities that he faced, but rather because of God and because of what God was doing on his behalf, he had the advantage. And then also notice supplications in verse 4. He said, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. Sometimes we talk about in ancient times under the old covenant how the tabernacle or the temple in the city of Jerusalem was the dwelling place of God. And David speaks of that holy hill. And so David here is crying out to God, and from a positive standpoint, you and I, we need to take heart in knowing that when we cry out to the Lord, when we bow our heads in prayer to God, when we lift our voices to Him, that He hears us. Peter said, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open unto their prayers. God is interested in us individually. His interest in it is such that He invites us to come before His throne for grace and mercy in time of need, according to Hebrews chapter 4 at verse, six, at verse 16. And so how grateful we should be that like David of old, we have the advantage that God is literally a shield for us, that he is on our side. But then in the second place, I would su suggest tonight that the Lord was David's sustainer we talk about David's defender his protector but what about the fact that David was sustained by the Lord I want you to look if you would at verses 5 and 6 because I believe that in verses 5 and 6 we should take great comfort in what this man of God said in the long ago. He said, I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. The first thing that comes to my mind is 
David enjoyed peace in the Lord. How many times have you found yourself lying awake in the middle of the night because of some problem looming before you? How many times have you found yourself pacing the floor at three in the morning because you have some problem weighing heavily upon your shoulders and you don't know who to turn to. Listen again to what David said. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. What you and I have in Christ, the world does not have. And what we have, the world needs. And you know what that is? The world tonight needs the peace that passes all understanding. To know that you and I have the Prince of Peace abiding in our lives. And because of that, we have peace in the Lord. Now, there are a lot of people in our world today, and they have problems with alcohol, they have problems with prescription medication. They are addicted to chemical substances because they're looking for some type of relief. They're looking for solace from the world, some type of shelter or refuge. But you and I, as the people of God, we enjoy peace in the Lord. Now, let me tell you this. Why is it that David had peace in the Lord? Why is it that you and I, as God's people, enjoy peace in the Lord? It's because of the presence of the Lord. You and I enjoy peace in the Lord because of the presence of the Lord. I think about David's confidence. David could say, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. Now listen to his courage. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around the presence of the Lord was it not David in the long ago that said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want to know that you and I have the good shepherd abiding in our lives that we have as Jesus described in John chapter 10 at verse 10 the abundant life David said he would not be afraid of ten thousands of people who set themselves against him. Now there are a lot of people in our world today that they live in fear. And their lives are consumed by anxieties and fears. But because of the presence of the Lord and because of the peace that we have in him, we can lay those fears and anxieties to the side. Did you know that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I said a moment ago that one plus God is always a majority. When God is on your side, the question might be, 
Whom do you have to fear? Listen, if you would, to what the Hebrew writer said centuries ago. In Hebrews chapter 13, and I think it's interesting to note that Joshua, the successor to Moses, Joshua assumed the role of leadership among the children of Israel. And so in the book of Joshua, we find this transition taking place. And God assured Joshua in the long ago, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Hebrew writer quotes that in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Now just assume that you had taken the role of leadership among the children of Israel. Can you imagine your concerns, your anxieties, maybe your fears? You're stepping into the shoes of one of the greatest leaders known to man, Moses. And here is God saying, all right, you're going to be the one to lead my people into the promised land. Would you not want to hear God say to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be of good courage. You and I tonight, we need to take courage. We need to be grateful for the presence of the Lord. If you want to read about the presence of the Lord in depth, I would encourage you to read Psalm 139. Because in Psalm 139, the psalmist talks about the omniscience of God, the fact that God is all-knowing. And then he talks about the omnipresence of God, the fact that God is ever-present. He also underscores the omnipotence of God, the fact that God is all-powerful. And the psalmist asks the question, where shall I flee from your spirit? And the answer is nowhere. There is nowhere that you and I can go to escape the presence of God. And so, David enjoyed peace in the Lord because of the presence of the Lord. And so David could claim God as his shield. He could look to God as his sustainer. And then finally, he could look to God as his Savior. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 7. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. First of all, I would remind you of the power of the Lord. David speaks of God defending him in the presence of of his enemies. I, I think about declawing an animal or detoothing an animal. Well, David was facing some very real fears in life. Absalom had mounted quite a charge against him, and yet David could look to God for salvation, for preservation. And so we think about the power of the Lord and then the provisions of the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Wherever you and I go, whatever we do, not just in this life, but I think about stepping out onto the eternal plains. What we need to understand is that the Lord will preserve us. When Paul wrote 
his second letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he talked about how the time of his departure was at hand. He knew death was imminent. Historians indicate that Nero Caesar beheaded the Apostle Paul. But Paul faced death with an air of victory because he knew that the Lord had laid up for him a crown of righteousness. But in the latter part of that chapter, he said, At my first defense, no man stood with me. He said, I pray God that it will not be laid to their charge. But the Lord stood with me. He said, not only did the Lord stand with him, but he said, the Lord strengthened me. That by me, the preaching might be fully known. That the Gentiles might hear. And he said, I escaped the mouth of a lion. In verse 18, he said, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. And preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory both now and forever. Paul realized that God would preserve him for that heavenly kingdom. David faced many trials in life. And I'm sure that David, like many of us, faced any number of trying circumstances in life. Not just this case with Absalom. But I believe that David understood the great provisions of the Lord and that the Lord would preserve him. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 23, David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You and I tonight, we take comfort and solace in knowing that the Lord will be with us. I want to close tonight by suggesting to you, whatever you may face in this life, God will stand by you. Wherever you go, whatever you encounter this side of eternity, however dark and dreary the days may be, however discouraged you might be, however down you may feel in this life, God will stand by you. God is not going anywhere. And God stood by David, and David was a man after his own heart. And I believe and I am convinced that God will stand by us come what may. I'm grateful to know that God is on our side. That God is for us. The psalmist said in Psalm 56 on one occasion, This I know, God is for me. On one occasion, the psalmist said, no one cares for my soul. You may be feeling like that tonight. It may be the case that you feel as if people in the world have literally turned their back on you. Maybe you, like David, feel as if you've been hung out to dry. What you need to understand is God will stand by you. God's not going anywhere. God is interested in his people. I love the words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 at verse 7. Peter said, casting all, A-L-L, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. You may be wondering tonight, who cares for me? 
Maybe you, like the psalmist of old, can say, no one cares for my soul. Well, the Bible says God cares for you. Not only does God care for you, but God cares to the extent that he wants you to cast your cares on him. And let me tell you, God can help you with your, with your anxieties, with your cares in this life. God will stand by you. Tonight it might be the case that you're here, you're not a Christian. Maybe you haven't begun that walk with Christ. Living in this world can be a lonely existence. There are a lot of people in our society today, if you were to honestly and candidly ask them, are you happy in life, their answer would be no. Maybe there are a lot of reasons for that, but I can assure you one thing. There will never be a sense of fulfillment in your life without the Lord. There will be a void there from now until the day you die, until you address it. Solomon, the son of David, said in the long ago, this is, this is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments. This is the whole of man. And Solomon was simply saying, what life is all about is to live for God and to have God in your life. David had God in his life. Was David perfect? Absolutely not. Did David make mistake, mistakes in life? Yes, he did. But David humbly sought to do what was right. You may be here tonight, you're not a Christian. What would you need to do? The Bible says, first of all, you need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible says, except you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. To believe that Jesus is God's only Son. To be willing to repent of every sin, as Jesus said in Luke 13, 3. To confess His name before others, Matthew 10, 32 to be immersed in water for the remission of your sins, Acts 2, verse 38. When you do that, you'll become a child of God. Are you going to be perfect? Will you never sin again? No. But the assurance is, as long as you're walking in the light, the blood of Christ is availing in your life. 1 John 1, verse 7. If you're here tonight, maybe because of discouragement, maybe because of despair, whatever, you've left the Lord. Could we invite you to come back home? The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Won't you come home tonight as we stand and sing?